Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a breakthrough in our understanding of how the brain creates long-term memories, the effect of chronic childhood ear infections on the development of language, and how salt may have helped shape the planet Mercury. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Most people with some basic knowledge of the brain know that neurons play a huge role in just about all brain functioning including, and maybe especially, in the formation of memories. In fact, for the longest time, it's been thought that neurons are the sole creators of our memories, but new research suggests that they might actually have an unexpected assistant. So much of the research done on the brain actually looks at the activity that takes place in the neurons, right? Totally. Okay, so what exactly are neurons? (laughs) Basically, neurons are the nerve cells that make up our gray matter. They're the most fundamental units of our brain and nervous system. Sometimes they're compared to trees because they have branches called dendrites, they have roots called axons, and they have a body or soma that's kind of like a tree trunk. And they connect with each other through the synapse, right? Yep. The synapse is a little gap, and when the neuron gets excited, it produces a little bit of electricity that shoots across that synaptic gap, which also causes chemicals to be released that activate other neurons. It's sort of like the information superhighway that allows us to do... Basically everything. Yeah. When you sneeze or move your eye or feel a gentle ocean breeze on your skin, you've got neurons firing up somewhere in there. And scientists have been able to match up the areas in the brain where those neurons are firing with specific activities. So needless to say, neurons are pretty incredible. And that is what makes this new research so surprising. So the neurons aren't actually working alone? Nope. At least not according to this study. So to understand what's going on, it's important to understand memory itself. Think of a memory as an established pathway between neurons. Those pathways are created through experiences, right? The more you experience something, the stronger and more durable the neural pathway. It turns out that the neuron has help creating those pathways from something called a pericyte. A a pericyte? Like a tapeworm? I had the same thought. This is pericyte. Different thing, but yeah, similar pronunciation. Uh, But they are pretty common. They're found in capillary walls and are vital for controlling blood flow in the brain. They help form blood vessels. They regulate immune cells entering the central nervous system, and they maintain the blood-brain barrier. I mean, yeah, that's all pretty important stuff. Yeah. And according to this study, without pericytes, brains would have a hard time forming long-term memories. How do they work with neurons, and how do they make this discovery? This study was done on mice, so they need further studies to confirm that the same processes happen in us. But the gist is that pericytes produce something called insulin-like growth factor 2, or just IGF-2. And when neurons activate, they signal to the pericytes to get busy. 
So while the mechanism for how all this works isn't actually totally understood, they found that if they blocked the IGF-2, long-term memory formation just didn't work as it should. Okay, um, let me get this straight. Pericytes produce insulin-like... Insulin-like growth factor 2, or just IGF-2. All right, they produce IGF-2, without which the neurons aren't so good at making long-term memories. But it all starts when the neurons tell the pericytes to get moving. You nailed it. And what that means is that the neurons aren't a solo act when it comes to making memories. All right. Uh, I actually can see why this would be such a big deal. Some of the toughest diseases to study and treat are those that affect the memory, right? So having a list of all the ingredients that go into making our memories would be a vital step to one day treating those diseases. Exactly right. Obviously, they need to do more research. But in the future, this could have an enormous impact on the study of memory biology and of those heartbreaking disorders that affect it. Any parent of young kids knows the pain of ear infections, but a new study has found that these common infections do more than just cause pain. They might also be affecting the kid's ability to develop language. I mean, I remember getting ear infections when I was a kid, and yeah, it's the worst. Like, that kind of pain is off the charts. Absolutely. It'll keep toddlers up at night, can cause all kinds of crying, screaming, and mood swings, and it keeps kids from focusing. Not much good comes out of ear infections, honestly. And every year, by some estimates, nearly 10 million kids are treated. So how does this affect the development of language? Does it have something to do with how ear infections affect hearing? Well, that's what researchers at the University of Florida wanted to know. With the frequency of these infections troubling to some parents, do they have any long-term lasting effects on the development or health of the child? So the research team studied 117 kids between the ages of 5 and 10. Some of them had a history of chronic ear infections, and some of them had never had a problem. Got it. So they wanted to compare the two groups. Right. And they conducted three different tests on each participant. In the first test, the kids were shown three cartoon characters that each produced a different sound. The kids had to identify which character sounded different from the other two. So you have to be able to differentiate sounds. Exactly. The second test was aimed at measuring the size of the kids' vocabularies. In a nutshell, they were shown pictures of objects and asked to name them. Okay. Language development and vocabulary go hand in hand. So I guess the theory would be that if a child is lagging behind in language development, their vocabulary might be limited. Or at least it might lag behind kids without any problem with language development. So the third test is actually pretty interesting. They asked the kids to match up words based on whether they began or ended with the same speech sound. Okay, so words like speech and beach or church and chain. Yeah. The type of phonological awareness involves recognizing and manipulating the sounds in spoken language. Right. It's also pretty important when it comes to learning how to read. So the bad news from the study is that they found that children who suffered through several ear infections before the age of three showed smaller vocabularies. They had difficulty matching similar sounding words, and there were some issues detecting sound changes. So that would seem to imply that the ear infections caused some kind of language development issues. And auditory processing problems. While these findings are troubling, they aren't exactly surprising. The idea is that when kids get ear infections, fluid builds up in their ear canals, which causes hearing loss, which leads to these language processing issues. And that's actually where the good news comes in. Mm, okay, let me guess. Now that we know that ear infections have these knock-on effects, parents and doctors can be a little more motivated to catch ear infections early and take steps to treat them before they get to a critical point. That's exactly right. 
Ear tubes can help drain fluid and restore hearing, which could essentially make the problem of language delays just disappear. More research is needed, as is the case with just about any study we cover, but this is a step in the right direction. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A new study is reshaping our understanding of the goings-on down on the surface of Mercury. And believe it or not, even suggests that life could be possible in certain pockets on the smallest planet in the solar system. Okay, to be honest, space stories are, like, my absolute favorite. Um, all right, Mercury. It's the closest planet to the sun. How could there possibly be life there? Right? I no, I get it. The average temperature at the surface is over 300 degrees Fahrenheit. And keep in mind, that's the average. During its long days, it can reach over 800 degrees. And in its deep, dark night, the temp can plunge to 300 degrees below zero. It's not the hottest planet in the solar system because it's super thin atmosphere isn't thick enough to trap heat, but it definitely has the wildest temperature swings. Okay, wild temperature swings, then atmosphere. Back to my original question, how could there possibly be life on Mercury? Well, first, first, let me, let me start by making clear that this study did not find any direct evidence for life, but what they found hints at the possibility that life could exist. And that discovery has everything to do with salt. Salt. Okay, let me see if I can piece this one together. It has something to do with the chemical composition of the surface. So organic matter, nitrogen, is it how close am I here? That's a great train of thought for the clues that you got, but it's mm -hmm. you're actually getting colder. <laughs> so for decades, scientists believed that the surface of Mercury was primarily shaped by volcanoes. And if you see images, like you'd, you'd maybe think that too. It's highly pockmarked. And in fact, it's the most asteroid pockmarked planet in the solar system. But there are mile-high cliffs that stretch for miles along the surface. And not to oversimplify, but cliffs are usually formed from tectonic shifting, which also causes volcanoes, right? That's right. But when NASA's MESSENGER spacecraft orbited the planet in the early 2010s, it discovered signs of materials called volatiles. To put it simply, those are compounds that can sort of shapeshift. They can freeze and they can flow, and they often float off into space. So like water? Yes, water is a volatile. And so are salts. And it turns out that salt is the most common volatile on Mercury. And finding that out was a shock to scientists who thought that the planet was just too close to the sun to keep that stuff on the surface. Like with the sun, I don't know, would it bake it off? Well, exactly. Or blown into space by the solar wind. So here's where it gets really interesting. According to this new study, not only does Mercury hold a whole bunch of salt, but they think that salt might be the thing that carved up the surface and created all of those cliffs and caverns. But how would it do that? Think of that salt and all of the other oozing, gooey, flowing, volatile material the way you'd think of water ice on Earth. Okay, you get enough water ice on the surface and you've got glaciers. So you're saying there are glaciers of salt on Mercury. That is the idea. 
The thing is, if the landscape was carved up by volcanic activity, then those volcanoes would have covered up a lot of the impact craters. But that isn't what happened. The impact craters are still there around many of those geological formations, indicating other processes left the planet scarred. Okay, so there are salt glaciers on Mercury that create a crazy landscape. I'm going to go all the way back to my first question. How does that allow for life? (laughs) Okay, yeah, thank you for bringing that back. So that layer of volatile-rich crust can be pretty thick, maybe even a couple of kilometers. And when you have such a thick layer of material, you can also have air pockets in those layers. Oh, okay, like underground caves. Yeah, caves, caverns, giant rooms deep inside the crust of Mercury, hidden safely away from the wild temperature swings on the surface and the whistling solar winds. This is fascinating. When you think about whether or not life can exist on some other planet, you usually think about its temperature, its distance from a star, its atmosphere, its chemical composition. You almost never think about the depth of its crust or the geological forces that carved out its canyons. That is one of the big takeaways from this. Now that they know these volatiles are possible in Mercury, they know they can exist on just about any rocky planet out there. And that is a cause for deeper examination. (laughs) Oh, no. I guess we have to go to Mercury, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got good news. A joint mission between the European and Japanese space agencies called BepiColombo is set to enter Mercury's orbit in late 2025. And scientists say they will be surprised if they are not surprised by what they find. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm excited. And whatever they find, I'm sure you will hear about it here first. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. New research has found that pericytes, cells located in the walls of brain capillaries, play a significant role in forming and storing long-term memories alongside neurons, which could have huge implications for understanding and treating memory-related conditions like Alzheimer's disease. A study has revealed that chronic ear infections in early childhood can lead to significant deficits in language development and auditory processing, causing long-term impacts on children's language skills. Researchers have found that Mercury's landscape was sculpted over billions of years by volatile compounds, primarily salts, forming glacier-like features and potentially harboring subterranean niches that could sustain life. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 